Welcome to Watching Westworld, the officially unofficial podcast for Westworld on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. Today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 7, titled Past Pawn. Just got done watching it. Aaron, what'd you think? I really like this episode. Um, I think there's a couple things I could I could uh, pick nits on some of the action scenes. But on the other hand, I thought there was a lot of imagination uh, in their staging and conception, at least. Um and I just thought this was a banger of an episode as far as like giving us a lot of answers that we've been wondering about, but also like kicking the door open to so many more questions. Um, and there's so many exciting possibilities with all these alliances and betrayals and shifting loyalties and <laughs> uh, rival supercomputer gods. Like it's fi- it's the this universe is really kicking off, I think. Uh, what do you think, Jim? Uh, yeah, I, I thought like all the narrative stuff they were doing and conceptually it was really cool um the introduction of well reintroduction of solomon i guess um as yeah like you said this sort of dueling ai um it's you know i think a moot point right now because he was probably taken out by the the emp but Mm -hmm. it was a super cool idea while it lasted uh i'm glad that we finally understand who caleb is uh and he understands who caleb is that was that was good stuff um, you know, I have problems with, with the AI who has been shown time and time again to be a perfect shot, hit everything it's shooting at, uh, no matter the angle, no matter the, the trick of the shot, uh, suddenly, you know, Musashi and, and, uh, Clementine are facing off against other, each other. They can't hit shit. <laughs> uh, helicopters are in the air controlled by AI. They can't hit shit either. It's it doesn't make any sense. That's but, because they're the know, only things that are non-deterministic, Jim. They can oh, they can yeah, juke and duck, variables. and they're not, they're just unpredictable. Yeah, they here, they're bobbing and weaving too hard. They don't know. They don't know. They're like the agents of the Matrix. They just got like fucking six, eight arms coming out of their head. They're just dodging so fast. It's crazy. There you go. Who can keep up? Uh, but yeah, ultimately, <laughs> minor minor quibbles with the episode. Uh, uh, and it was doing such really cool things uh, as the meat, as the core. I'm happy and audacious, like. Uh, you know, mind wiping the two biggest protagonists of the season. Uh, I mean, clearly they've got a plan. You know, this is a Rick, like a Rick and Morty style. Here's your instructions on how to undo this kind of thing that 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 they're setting up. But I think that's really cool. Um, yeah, like I, I just the like man, do you, when you, do you think that Solomon's gone for good because? Insane AIs is one of my bread and butter, like favorite meat and potatoes sci-fi concept. Like a fucking psychotic AI is sometimes if you can if you can do it just right. I'm kind of bummed if Solomon's is gone. Okay, so I've, I've maybe seen Goldeneye one too many times, and I'm mm-hmm. not totally clear on exactly what an EMP does mm-hmm. to electronics. As I understand it, it can it can destroy the circuitry within electronics, but I don't know that it would affect the memory necessarily, depending on how it's stored. Yeah, I think there's wiggle room there, right? Because an EMP can obviously destroy magnetic media and a lot of other, or you know, blow up capacitors and circuits and do all this kind of stuff. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. I've always thought of it like as a way to like overwhelm something and shut it down temporarily, but then you could, you know, maybe replace a couple of fuses and you'd be back online. But right. it also could it's like possible. you know erase this memory. But I was more thinking of like maybe there's a backup or there's some kind of way that in that computer chip that he gave uh, Caleb 
there's a way to inject that into like Rehoboam and like take it over mm-hmm. because also because Solomon, if he can't fucking predict the thing that happens 60 seconds after, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of insane when you think about it, because there's also this like mini cliffhanger where he's like, you know, oh, the most important thing I haven't told you about implementing this plan. <laughs> right. Like, but you, you got to remember, he can't predict Dolores. Right. So Dolores is the one that hits true. the MP. He doesn't know her path. So, like, is this plan? That's the question I have. Is this plan dead on arrival? Because Rehobo or Solomon assumed that he would continue to exist, and or does he have yeah. a way to inject himself into Rehoboam or maybe the worldwide web from that like USB key drive? I, I don't know. There's a tons of possibilities, and I think they're all cool. Yeah, it, it does make me wonder what the path that Jean Me, I guess, is his name, Sorak's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Aaron Guard's brother. Mm-hmm. Um, what that path was or what that plan was because yeah. it, it, we know a little bit about that character right he's uh kind of bloodlusty you know mm-hmm. things go wrong for him he starts wanting to kill people mm-hmm. and we see that Sorak sort of took a different approach with the outliers i i don't know if the plan is to like if jean mi's plan was to sort of kill all the outliers um or something maybe even more nefarious but I hope we get to see what that was. Or maybe his plan was going to more people would die, but people would have more individual freedom and privacy because it seemed maybe. like that they went with the plan that saved the most people. Just like it was a, it yeah. was a literal trolley problem reduced to its, its essential components that like there's a switch you can pull and which is the switch that kills the absolute least amount of people pull that one. Um, but maybe, you know, Jean had a different <laughs> way of looking at it. They're they're really going with some of those fundamental, uh, you know, philosophical principles. Like, there there's a straight up. Do you both steal? Does one of you steal? If you mm-hmm. do, you you both lose. There's there's an exact like game theory, like fundamental game theory proposition here with this Rico app, which that's cool. We got some answers on that, right? That yeah. is Rehoboam, mm-hmm. you know, taking control, minimizing free energy uh, yeah, within its own systems by. Changing the data by calling controlling the, its, calling its outside variables, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, super good cool. good stuff. And we'd say, you know, that's a, these are... It, I, I think this is a really cool way to put together a whole bunch of stuff that they have introduced along the season. Like, you know, it's not like that was a giant revelation, like jaw drop, right? The fact that, because we had been speculating that. It's like, oh, that would be, you know, if if, if Rico is something out of his control, then how could it simulate? It would make more sense to kind of like funnel these things in useful directions. But how mm-hmm. they put all that stuff together... Um, you know, even the stuff with his partner didn't really blow my hair back. It's just more of like Caleb's the John Connor and also the implication of Bernard. Of course, I don't know if I believe Bernard. Bernard's been wrong a lot this season and he's kind of an idiot this episode. But he asserted that like she's going to use Caleb not to liberate humanity or to like come together and sing Kumbaya, but to destroy, like in some kind of rage and frustration, like he's going to be the anti-John Connor. And that's... and he's always kind of viewed her plan as destroying humanity. And I don't know how much of her plan he actually knows and how much he's guessing. Mm-hmm. But, but the but thing yeah, is... He... Oh, I, what I think is so delicious about the scenario is that I the way this episode went down, if Dolores's plan is going to lead in the destruction of humanity, I don't think you'll ever be able to talk Caleb out of the fact that uh, that she was a hero, because from his yeah. point of view, 
she died to buy him the time to get the plan that will just overthrow Rehoboam and uh, and, and free humanity, which also might destroy yeah. it. I just think that's right, right. But but like Caleb will never you you know like Bernard shows up and like oh she's evil she's like he'll be like fuck you there's no way and Maeve <laughs> looks like a fucking uh, evil lunatic um, in his eyes like he's whew. That's uh, it's, it's, she really co-opted this this young man, and I, I I don't know I, I'm starting to rethink about what I what I thought about her being a villain and everybody else being or her being a hero and everybody else being a villain. Oh yeah, I mean this is recasting everybody as heroes and villains. Like we were contemplating, oh, did the William have a genuine breakthrough last time? It, it turns out he did, except it's gone in the wrong direction. He's now suddenly thinks he's the savior, uh, he's the good guy, and now he's gonna go commit genocide. <laughs> like, that's what good guys <laughs> do, right? Yeah, genocide. Very uh, emperor of mankind, uh, Warhammer 40k. Like humanity must secure its existence by wiping out all other sentient life in the galaxy. Yeah, right. no, it's. <laughs> I mean, it's insane, but it's like that Magneto type of insanity. Like mm-hmm. he's come by it honestly. You can't say he's like sure. overreacting. Um, so I, I. Uh, Man, I just love how they've been able to really shift people's loyalties like a deck of cards this season. And it never feels like, at least to me, it doesn't feel like I've been I've jerked around. Yeah, yeah. I would say, you know, they've they've been keeping certain information from us, but every yeah. good mystery show does that. Yeah. I don't feel like this has been like a big time fuckery thing also, this season. It also, I feel like the mystery's worth it. Like, these are like... Yeah. Uh, the stakes here are appropriate and the characters are interesting enough that like, yeah, I actually care about this mystery. It's not just dumb, stupid or pointless. Not They've been able to tell it in a pretty straightforward fashion and have it pay off. Um, and yeah, I. I uh... We're getting geared up for the sixth annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off badass season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre, we're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was, and those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim, order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar, then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved the venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. 
Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live, live. I want to talk about a couple other things. Um, so beheading is a thing that can deactivate a host. Not kill a dead permanently, because presumably you get this, but we, we've... You don't have the like ridiculous zombie situation where the head's still going, you know, I'll curse you, Dolores, I'll get you. And the body's yeah. not walking around groping for a head. So I like that. Um, Holoris looks like she's healing herself. I, yeah. How does that work? Or are we seeing a simulation where she didn't like she didn't get in the car and she was standing beside it when it blew up or something? Because uh, I just don't know how you reduce that much damage. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, maybe you crawl back to some kind of facility that you have. Like they got the robot back to tank, they can just jump in and it'll start Something healing like that, that Maybe. They uh, also confirmed that the humans do, in fact, have some sort of skin repair technology very similar to those. I, I guess, and maybe if you just turned that on high and just started, you know, <laughs> going <it> around, <laughs> giving a couple light coats that, that you'll get those kind of, because she's not unfucked up, but she's well on her way, I thought. Oh, yeah. Um I also, speaking of that, her being burnt up, um, I talked about in the last episode, like, where's the Icarus reference? I'm looking for the Icarus reference. She literally got melted. And I don't know what she's flying too close to, except for maybe the concept of independent happiness. Like, she was, a, she was just about ready to have her family and get the fuck off the grid and lose Dolores forever. And, like, she flew too close and got burnt. And is that, the, is that it right there, Jim? I, I still don't know. I still am not sure. So they displayed, we saw a good look at Rehoboam's uh, prediction ring, and it was all blown out. His his Rehoboam ring is all blown to hell again. Um, is this mean that, is, is, is that as a result of what happened after the hostile takeover last episode, or is it possible we're seeing some other simulation, uh, simulated timeline, or? Yeah, I mean, I think... You know, based on what happened last episode, you could you could probably get there. Uh, I don't know, because like I'm, I'm trying to think. The end of last episode, did she get out of the park or not the park? Out of Delos? Did who? Did anything get out of Delos uh, other than Charlotte, who got blown up? So like, you're right. You know, she had a core on her, right? That was Dolores or or Delonel, whoever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and she had a thumb drive or something with some data. Mm -hmm. But all that surely got blown up in the explosion, right? I would think so. Yeah. So I'm not really sure like why the ring is going so crazy at the, at the very beginning of this episode by the end, certainly. Hmm. Especially since it seemed like they counted on, unless that's your, it seems like they counted on, Dolores getting away, getting that truck, trying to take off and exploding it. Like that was everything going according to plan. So what is the, yeah, how, how would Rehoboam know that everything was like blown to hell? The stuff that went down in Jakarta? Maybe? Is that what's destabilizing things? I don't know. I have to watch it again. Um, yeah. yeah. I like that, like, they, in some, some of the military tech was really cool. Like the... Um, the uh, sniper rifle that can like knock through walls and has a little drone that like targets. I, it, it's not, <laughs> I think they overreached the technology just a little bit because um, 
I don't think that, like, unless the, if, unless those guards stayed perfectly still, the drone just marked their location. Like, mm-hmm. how in the world, you know, like I said, it's it, you need, like, three drones to do that shot. But I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but the also, ro- I'm not sh- sure how many people are aware of this, but drones are fucking loud. Like, <laughs> a drone flies within 50 feet of you, and you know it's there. There, yeah. There's no doubt about it. There is a drone in the area. Yeah. I don't know how these guards with a drone flying 20 feet over their head don't notice it. Yeah. Do you think they're like some kind of stealth drone? They've got some kind of whisper tech now? They must. They must. <laughs> uh, I really like the rods from a God concept. Like they have these like um, just physical. Uh, I interpreted them as like physical like tungsten rods, like rebar rods that they launch from satellites that they drop from at orbital uh, velocity and just obliterate the thing on the ground. That was really fucking was? cool. Yeah, I've heard that they 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 um, envisioned as like uh, like big tungsten rods, and you just use the enormous gravitational potential of being in geosynchronous orbit to just it's like a small tactical nuke going off just from the kinetic energy of it. Huh. I thought that was really cool. Um, man, I thought the way they handled the actual betrayal between Francis and Caleb was so well done, mm-hmm. with like. You know, you're trying to think like this guy's a slippery fuck and he's he knows he's in a pit and he's trying to talk himself out of it and he's trying to pit these guys together. But like then, you know, you hear the cash register ring from the next room and you know what that means. And it's like, fuck, I actually thought it was a little bit weak. And I'm not sure what because this shows a little bit slippier, usually slippier, but like them showing the watch notification that he got the offer to kill the other guy. I actually thought that was. Kind of like I said, they they usually leave that leave that stuff more open because why that'd be something we'd be discussing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, did Caleb jump the gun and and fuck up, or did his buddy actually try to shoot him? If they if they hadn't shown that, I don't know. Yeah, it was super tense though. Um, mm-hmm. The way they did it, you know, regardless of how it resolved, it was is good in the moment for yeah. sure. Uh, what else do you want to? I've got a whole bunch I of just random questions stuff. about uh, Clementine. So yeah, all right. Clementine's back. They've got these suitcases. What do you think are in the suitcases, or the, the briefcases rather? Is it I cores? don't know. Is it because right? Musashi is the one who's building uh, the the bodies, right? So they got the or at least the marbles had the for juice. Them? Yeah, yeah. Had the the host milk. So that's that's the really cool thing is like the hosts are dwindled so few. That like if there's a there's a there's a real menace to the man in black that he could take out like thirty three percent of the remaining host population just with that shotgun, you know? Yeah. Um so yeah, yeah having a suitcase full of like a uh, you know, a couple dozen marbles apiece and you know, Dolores has got fifty, sixty, whatever on her side, that would make the game a lot more interesting. Even if they're just copies of herself. Oh my god. Fifty fucking Dolores is <laughs> running around. I yeah. do think it's super interesting. The model of using yourself as a sacrifice, sacrificial, you know, like I'm not going to worry about reprogramming anyone or I'm just going to rely on myself versus Maeve's, you know, uh, all girl power movement uh, with Clementine and Hanario, Hanaro, I have a hard time pronouncing the the Shogun world version of Armistice name. but I think there's something in, they're they're trying to paint some kind of different ideology there between, you know, who's using people more 
who's more cynical, which is the best like moral ethical framework. I, I they're they're doing something interesting there too. I think. Gotcha. Do you? <laughs> what else do you want to talk about? Do you want to get to the instant yeah, talk, probably, or do you have some have other a things? Ton more uh, to say about it here. Got I got to see it again, man. Yeah, I just, I mean, I just really hope they haven't gotten rid of Solomon forever. I love how saucy he was. Like, no, you are a Delos product. You are shit tier. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's right. Like, substantively, yeah. they're nothing alike. They really are. They really are. But uh, I just, I just like him. He need, he, we need him around. Also, I, uh, Man in Black talking about uh, calling uh, Stubbs a can opener. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that a uh, Battlestar Galactica slur, or was that Toaster? Toaster, yeah, Frack Toaster. And toaster. Fracking toasters. Uh, all right. Well, let's get to the instant talk po- uh, part of the podcast. This is where uh, we say goodbye to everybody except for our club members because we're going to invite them uh, to that are that are watching live uh, to our instant talk podcast uh, to go and use the YouTube chat interface to directly interface with us and ask us questions about the episode, uh, promulgate their theories, um, just you know, make jokes, have fun. Uh, you can get in on that by going to club.ballmove.com. And uh, hopefully you do, because you can join us for the finale, which should be wild next week. 